If you listen to this podcast and follow what we do at Troutbitten, then you're a thoughtful angler, and you don't accept the status quo simply because that's how it's always been done. Squall of Fishing designs and creates fly fishing apparel with this same philosophy. Squalla was started by a group of lifelong fly anglers who spent their careers working for some of the biggest names in the outdoor industry, and they understood that essential fly fishing apparel like waders, jackets, sun gear, and insulation could simply be better. So now, Squalla makes gear for us, the like-minded few, serious anglers who don't take themselves too seriously. Check them out at squallafishing.com. Water is essential for life, but for Orvis, it's the blood of the brand. Orvis has been the leader in fly fishing since 1856. No other brand can match the explorative and innovative spirit they bring to the water today. Everything at Orvis is about inspiring and empowering adventure and wonder in nature. Rooted in the vitality of fly fishing, fueled by passion and curiosity for the outdoors, Orvis designs and develops products and experiences providing the knowledge and expertise to enable more meaningful moments and connections in nature. With over a century and a half of experience in the field and on the water, Orvis seeks to ignite that passion in others. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Yeah, Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. It's about trout. Wild trout. This is Trout Bitten. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Dominic Swintoski. I'm the owner of Trout Bitten and the author of TroutBitten.com. So I first heard the term gear acquisition syndrome as a musician. For guitar players, saying you had gas back then was a running joke because buying the next dreadnought was easier than putting in the real work that it takes to improve your finger picking, for example. And while many musicians might have fallen prey to gear acquisition syndrome, I never had the money to buy much of the new stuff back then. So I used what I had, I practiced hard, and I was probably better for it. So gear acquisition syndrome is kind of a fun term for buying more gear than you can put to use. All of this applies to fishing as well, and that's part of where we're going with tonight's podcast. I once heard gear acquisition syndrome described as a form of idolatry. Now, follow me on this. Idolatry is the worship of physical things as gods, or treating those physical things as the gods themselves. Do you see where this analogy is going? In this case, the gear of fishing becomes elevated. So it's more important than the fishing itself, until the goal really becomes a bigger collection of fishing gear instead of a collection of good fishing experiences. I think we've all seen this out there, and sometimes we have to actively fight that urge to want the next thing or believe that our deficiencies on the river can be solved with more gear. The truth is, too much stuff gets in the way. Simplifying our approach, our fly selection, and gear selection usually wins. It can also make for a happier fisherman who feels like they know their tools and have confidence in their techniques. But having a few extra rods and reels is good too. And researching, planning for, and then buying your next piece of gear is a fun process that can be inspiring. It can motivate you to get back out to the river quickly and put your new stuff to the test. All things are good in moderation, right? So part of our conversation tonight will be focused on the gear, the stuff you don't need to have great days on the water, the stuff that might hold you back far more than it helps you out. But another part of this episode is less tangible, because it's not always what we buy and stash in a fishing pack that gets in the way. Because over time, it's too easy to focus on finding the perfect water. Or we look too hard for ideal weather and the best fishing conditions. Even the pursuit of some miraculous presentation can get in the way of our enjoyment and our progress. For most anglers, our time on the water is often so limited that it's easy to get wrapped up in all the daydreaming and planning until gear acquisition syndrome creeps in. And then our time on the water is spent finding reasons that we need something else or we need the next thing. The truth is your best approach is probably to take the modest gear you own, hit some of the closest trout water you can find, and fish it hard. That's what wins. All right, so I have my crew of fishing friends with me here tonight, and let's introduce them again by answering a listener question. Josh Darling, do you want to read this one, please? Yeah, for sure. 
This one comes in from Marco Luciente in Montana. Hey guys, I love what Troutbitten puts out into the fishing world. I have a fishy group of friends here, and we're big fans of the videos and website. I'm hoping you guys might answer my question on your next podcast. You've written a lot about streamers lately. We fish them here a lot, probably more than anything else. But we get a ton of short strikes and misses. How can we solve that problem? Do you think it's something that we're doing wrong? Or is that all just part of fishing streamers? Thanks in advance. Tell Matt we know where a few namers are. (laughs) (laughs) They know where they are. That doesn't mean they're going to catch them. Hey, now, that's a good point. A little dig at uh, Marco there. Sniped him. Marco might come forward with some proof. (laughs) He might. (laughs) Bill, Bill, I feel like you should take this one. Deli's got some opinions on that. Oh, yeah, I got a lot of opinions on this. I'll try to keep it under a minute or two. Make a good podcast. Yes, sometimes I think it does happen. I think that's the way they're eating for the day. Yeah. Um, If you're constantly having that problem, uh, the two things that I do to help it is to slow the retrieve down. So, like I say, give them time to eat it. Yeah. And the other one is downsize your streamer. Say you're fishing a four-inch streamer. Take a third off, take a half off, and see if it matters. Some days it does. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely mm-hmm. lean more into the, the second thing you just said, which is downsize your streamers. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't fish that many big streamers, I guess. In the daytime, I just don't do it. Most of my streamers aren't even articulated. The only articulated streamers mm-hmm. that I really fish are, are you know, sometimes I've got a couple. Yeah. I've got a couple full pints. I've got like a handful of other flies that I don't fish that often. I've got a couple articulated headbangers and the, uh, and the Grinch is a, is an articulated streamer. That's mm. the one that Bill, you created. Usually small though. You, it's a articulated. pretty small articulated streamer. Mm. Yeah. We're talking three inches. So do you think that it's Here's Dr. Trevor Smith? Hey, sorry. How's it going? Um, do you guys think that that's because over a certain size, you're eliciting more of like a protective, reactive, aggressive kind of response. And under a certain size, you're looking at a fish looking to eat that. You know, what do you think accounts for the size difference in terms of how they approach that fly? Uh, I think the the smaller fly, they can get in their mouth easier. The The smaller fly, so I've, I've consistently been downsizing and I'm to the point now where I prefer uh, two size six B10S streamer hooks. And nice. I think those mm. smaller streamer hooks also penetrate quicker and easier. Mm. And so when you have kind of the swipey, like quick strike stuff, occasionally you'll hook a fish with that versus yeah. if you're fishing like size twos, mm-hmm. I had hella problems trying to get them hooked with that for, cause okay. I was just stubborn for years and was like, oh, I'm just going to fish a big streamer. Yeah, that's cool. In addition to the size of the fly, do you feel like retrieve has a lot to do with it too? Because I know you and I have talked a lot, and you've talked on this podcast about how you tend to fish probably your streamers sometimes a little slower than the rest of us. Yeah, you can move them fast, but if you move it fast, give it a longer pause and give the fish a chance to eat it. Because if you're constantly stripping that streamer away from the fish and don't give them like an opportunity where the streamer is vulnerable for him to just maul it or t-bone it i feel like you've got a better hookup rate if you're fishing a little bit slower and the fish has the opportunity to eat it easily easier yeah totally we've talked about brown trout are kind of conservationists when it comes to energy and so they're not looking for a difficult chase necessarily i agree with all all that stuff and then i'd point out too that they're not always trying to eat it we've acknowledged this and we've seen it we know that the bigger the food form, the more they'd like to kill it first or stun it first, eat it head first if possible. The bigger the food form, I think the more often, again, they're not trying to eat it right at first or at all. Maybe a five or six inch streamer, they're not trying to eat it as much as say, get the heck out of here. You yeah, know, this yeah. is my spot. A warning. Yeah. And I think of all the factors that you guys were talking about there, for, for me, it's speed of retrieve. Hmm. The faster I'm going, the more I'll get those uh, I'll get those drive-bys or those slashes. Uh, I mean, I'll certainly hook up. I mean, we all have. We've all hooked up on, on you know, just about our fastest retrieves. And some days that seems to be a real answer. But yeah, I just accept it. Bigger flies, faster retrieves, usually for me. I just accept that's how it's going to be. 
and I'll do that most from a boat. Mm, yeah. If I want to really catch fish, I kind of do what Bill's talking about. And I've learned a lot from watching Bill and you other guys too. I hardly ever really strip a streamer quickly. I mean, if I'm waiting, kind of like what you said, Dom, it, it really is. It's almost entirely dead drifts with a little bit of life, like slow slides with a little bit of life. And I don't know if I said that. Well, I'm adding to what you said. Oh, it's slower enough. retrieves. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was doing it today. I mean, I was stripping it pretty fast, right? I, was yeah, I don't, three I don't four, really do that. Three or four twitches, strips in, and then I was done. And I was only casting about 30 feet away, too. That all matters. I like what Bill said there. Josh, when I do move it fast, it'll be like twitch, twitch, twitch. When it's actually moving, it's pretty fast. Mm. Twitchy. Oh, sure. I like, yeah. I like call it twitchy. But give them pauses in between. and Yeah. Let them eat sure. it is that guiding principle that I've really taken to. Not necessarily covering a lot of water with, with it. With each in, strip. With each yeah. strip, but fast, short movements. Yep. There's a lot to it. Makes sense. We all agree, though, that, I mean, you're just going to you're going to miss fish. I mean, don't we miss more fish on streamers than anything else? Or the fish oh, yeah. miss it and decide, or sure. decide not to eat it. That's Some of it it's goes. just that style, sure. Right. I think every streamer angler ends up asking themselves that question and, and, and hoping for a better answer. Yeah. Then is, the, is really out there. The reality is that's the way it's going to be. Austin, how are you? Um, I'm all right. You okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to tell the story of your day? Austin, what happened to you today? Oh, Austin geez. Dando's here. Just hey joined now. us. <laughs> you slept oh, in. I was on my way to work this morning uh, around 7 o'clock, and all of a sudden in front of my headlights, a, a large eight-point buck was running across the road, and by the time I could tell what it was, I was smashing into him, and the hood of my car flew up, covered my windshield, couldn't see where I was going. Ooh. had to pull over into the shoulder. Uh radiator was steaming like crazy someone saw the steam called the fire department i had three fire oh, engines an ambulance oh the gosh. police the game wow. commission all oh there gosh. it was a whole scene the buck got up and continued running uh oh went up the hill and i guess the game commission went up and found it um wow it was no longer living but they took a picture of it and showed it to me and uh i guess they they were friends with the adjoining landowner and they said oh yeah our buddy has pictures of him on his camera last night up here. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the buck is wow. known in the area, and people are hunting it. But uh, unfortunately, it ended up with me. Yeah. <laughs> or I ended up with it. I put it that way. Yeah. Mm. You didn't get to yeah. keep it, huh? No, it was like the last thing on my mind. Everyone else, sure. is, maybe it's just this area, but everyone's like, where's the deer? Did you get the antlers? Where's, did you get the meat? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what no, everybody says around I got here, my, too. I got my life. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah I you're thinking alive. <laughs> I just wanted to leave the that's area. Right. So, yeah, it's in the shop you're right now. You're thinking more about your car at that time. Yeah. 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 Nothing I could do. That's scary with the hood coming up like that. I've never had a situation like that. So, how many seconds were you traveling where you couldn't really see? Oh, probably only maybe four or five seconds. Still, though. Yeah. Uh, how fast do you think you were going? Uh, 55. Yeah, Ooh. sure. Wow. Yeah, right? I mean, that's, going down a right? highway. Were that's you scary. able to slow down at all before you hit him? No, it was just all of a sudden yeah, he was there and I was yeah. through him. Dang. There was no chance. That's wild. I don't think I even braked. I don't think I would have. Hmm. No, I didn't brake until after it was over. Yeah, yeah. She might have been better. Jeez. That is crazy. Sorry, dude. That'll, that'll stay with you for a while, right? I mean, that, that'll that make you yeah. just get kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I was all nervous driving yeah. uh, around right. today after I got myself situated but i don't feel like your text really portrayed the severity of the situation he texts us this morning and he's just like well i got my eight point very good i got my buck for the year <laughs> <laughs> explains what happened yeah. and, and i like, hardly even reacted because i don't think i realized how <laughs> how serious it really could have been yeah so i'm waiting to hear tomorrow what the uh what the damage is and what the insurance is willing to do for me but, oh, that'll be a fun process too. Uh, I think it's, if any it of you out there are my insurance adjuster, treat me very nicely. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they cover. I think it'd be good. Yeah, well, thanks, Bill. I'll uh, hire you. A, there you go. Huh? He's be your advocate. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I have some family members I can ask that are insurance, but I think right. It's I think in PA it's considered like an act of God, and so like you're, it doesn't go. At least you're yeah. not. 
you're not liable for it. Like it won't go against no, your no. record right. or anything. And like I that. won't have a deductible. It's just whether or not they deem it a total loss or not because of the car. Oh, yeah, it's going to take yeah. some work. That's my that's yeah, my concern right more. I gotcha. You know, replace it with a, you know, get a good adjuster. Maybe they'll replace it with like a Mercedes or <laughs> who wants you know, that? Maybe like a four or something. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe get a rod rack on there. That's right. Well, I'm glad you're all right, bud. Seriously, Thank you. I'm glad you're yep. all right. You do look a little frazzled. I'm a little frazzled. <laughs> a little different. A little different. <laughs> I mean, um, let me know when you've got your settings. <laughs> your mom just came in. <laughs> Grove's always good for a laugh. Grove just joined <laughs> us late after doing Halloween with his daughters, right? That's right. His Sorry. screen name is your mom. Did you get that hat out of a trick-or-treat? <laughs> <laughs> what's that did you get that hat from a trick-or-treat man that thing is crisp you like that, that is look at that there's no there's no bend in that hat come on oh yeah come on man that's how it doesn't f- look like you fly fishing's changed that's from <laughs> flat brim fisherman <laughs> from good from dad hats to trucker hats it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a flat PA brim deal. that you just bend the 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 brim of just a little bit it's a little uh it's a little cold out here yeah, well it's good to have you late joiners yeah before we jump into the topic, let me get your take on this here. You know, people message me in many different ways. Guy on Instagram, we had a conversation and then he kind of wrapped it up. He said, well, either way, he said, I love all things trout and I even bought a tablet just so I won't continue to read articles on my phone. He said, I do wish y'all, because maybe it's Southern, I do wish <laughs> y'all would just embrace the fact that you are elitists though. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten this a couple other times. People say, you really are a bunch of elitists. Because we always say we're not, right? What's your, what, what's your take on that? What, what do you think? What's your response to that? I think he's zinging, yeah. I would say elitist in the sense of like a coming off as a know-it-alls, maybe. Right, right. That's right. it. That would be the only angle I could see because I think there's two takes on elitist stuff. Some feel how it's yeah. like how you fish, right? Mm. Are you an elitist when it comes to your tactics mm. and how you fish? Or are you an elitist like snob? Yeah, I, I don't think know. you're better than other people. Yeah, and I to think me, maybe that's, that's where he's going. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Probably what it comes down to is what we're saying that the whole fly fishing industry, or we're saying that a lot of the fly fishing world is elitist, and we're saying, but we are enlightened. We are not elitist. And right, that makes you we're elitist saying we're right a little there. bit, we're, we're elitist. <laughs> we're the elitist of the elitist. That's what I've had people tell me. They're like, yeah. well, the just by saying elite. you're not elite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think if you spoke with a more Yinzer accent... <laughs> Like I do, you wouldn't get comments like that. Nobody yeah. ever calls you elitist. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it's a wild trout thing. You know, people get offended when you talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that you don't love on stock trout in certain scenarios. It could be a little wild trout snobby. Oh yeah, and I totally. I'm okay with fully that. recognize that. I'm with you, Matt. I think that that was my first thought too. Um, I think there's a couple different kind, of, a couple different definitions of elitism. And the one that I don't like being pigeonholed into is like, oh, we think we're better than, we think we're doing stuff better than other people. Well, how about this? <laughs> I think, well, I'll just speak for myself. I do think the way that I fish is the best way to approach these waters. I think my tactics are the best. Don't we all feel that way? Doesn't every, you know, long-term angler or whatever you're at, don't well, you that's think? Why you I mean, do that, them. that's exactly right. That's why you best, do them. You would be doing something different. Right. And so we all kind of feel that way, I think. And that's what we're doing here is sharing what we think is best. And I think that's all right to think that, hey, man, my way of doing this is probably the best way. Sure. And if you're not striving for that, you're missing out. Right on. Yeah, yeah. And occasionally you can get enough experience and you thought through it enough and you got some buddies, you know, that concur with a lot of things. And and you go, yeah, got some stuff not all together figured out. But man, I, yeah, I like the way that I'm doing things. I think this is the best way to do it. That to me is not elitism. No. If I took that and I said, because I do it that way, I am better than everybody else. <laughs> now that's elitism. But you sure. know me. I mean, my neighbor fishes all kinds of styles. Spin fishing, conventional tackle, bait. It fishes for all kinds of stuff. I don't think I'm any better than my neighbor. You know? <laughs> it would be a little bit different if all of us were in 100% agreement on everything that we talk about here. And we're yeah. just like, no, our way mm, is the way. But uh, Dom, you and I were driving together to the river the other day and talking about the fact that we don't agree on everything. Like the right. people in this group mm-hmm. and anybody listening has heard this, but we don't agree on everything. There's a there's a wide variety of of uh, tactical opinions in this yeah, group. Yeah, sure. 
And even sure. with the spawning stuff we just talked about, there's there's some variety there. There's plenty of differences. Yeah, there are. I do think one thing we have in common is that all of us in this group want to be, we want to optimize and we want to be the best at what we're doing. You know, and I, I don't think everybody that fishes wants that. But I do think that we attract on Trout Bitten, like the people that love our podcast, the people that love our content are other like-minded anglers that are just striving to be excellent at what they're doing. Not that they're competing with each other, but just that they're mm-hmm. trying to get better. You know, it's like this learning kind of mentality, which I think could be viewed as elitist. Right. That's, that's, it's mistakenly viewed as elitist, right, in my right. opinion. It's a mistake. For sure. It's a rough world out there. You can't communicate with everybody. Dom, you know, one other take on the elitist thing. So, the like, the first thing that sometimes comes to my mind yeah. when, I, when I think of an elitist in a way is let, let's say they're in southwestern Pennsylvania and you ask, hey, you know, did have you been fishing on the the loyal Hannah? You mm. can beep that out if you want, right? Yeah. And there's the there's a shrug of, oh no, you know, I I only fish on the the Madison River now, mm. right? Like I I think that as elitism, right? That that mm. some stream is too good for one to fish because mm-hmm. of the conditions. Have you met, encountered people like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you mm-hmm. encountered people like that, I, I find that like that that's part of an elitist group of anglers that are definitely out there. I think the more I think about it, the more we all probably have that a little bit of elitism in us. Because <laughs> my answer to you, man, is that there are some waters I'm going, I'm not going to fish that. Do you? you? <laughs> yeah, but you, but not like always like, Back in the, like you fished it like if you were there you would you yeah. would fish it just to well, probably true. get out to fish right. right right that's what I'm talking about like yeah what what if you only have you know streams like I don't know I maybe that doesn't make sense <laughs> maybe it's just you maybe it's just not me, make it sense but I mean like hey really you're not gonna fish that like it's the only thing you have to fish you're the only yeah. time you fish is once a once a year or two yeah. weeks a year when you go to month you know what i mean like it's like That's, yeah. fish some bass or something like fish for sure. or something no bass are stinky even your red trout they definitely are i mean i would i'd throw them on the bank but <laughs> from southwestern pa though i hear that a lot like oh I don't, there's no water down here to fish so i yeah. don't fish it i'm with you I, I if i didn't have trout i'd just fish for small mouth or something i think we all need to fish yeah <laughs> all of us here need to fish we'd we'd find the species that works for us wherever yeah. we were if I was in Florida, I wouldn't be fishing for trout, but I'd find something. Sure. Oh, yeah. Snook. I'd be fishing snook. As fly anglers and tires, we understand the value of having the right tool for the job. Avidmax.com offers over 20,000 products and the knowledge to help you find the right tool for your job, whether that be at the tying bench or on the water. Listeners of the Trout Pitten Podcast receive a special one-time discount code at avidmax.com. Enter the code TB10 at checkout on full-priced items to save 10% off your order. Orders over $25 ship for free, so you can put more gas in your tank or beer in your cooler. For all things fly fishing and tying, elevate your game with Avid Max. For over a decade, Smith Creek's high-quality fly fishing accessories have helped anglers just like you to keep your gear in easy reach, free up your hands, and keep our waters clean. Their award-winning Rod Clip Plus now has two ways to attach it to your vest or pack, making it easier to tie a fly, change a hook, or release your catch. All Smith Creek products are built guide tough, using rugged materials, and backed by their strong commitment to customer service. This fall, Smith Creek is introducing even more new products, so keep checking their website at smithcreek.co for more information and special offers from now through Christmas. All right, guys, let's move into this topic. The stuff you don't need when fly fishing for trout. Let's try to get as many of these in as we can. It's kind of a rapid fire approach. The gear and the other stuff. What don't you need? What are the common things that just kind of get in your way or take the fun out of a day on the water? A huge vest full of 60 liters. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> just right just out of the gate. getting after me right away. <laughs> right, I'm going right yeah. after you. You're elite 60. if you do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew I was gonna get hit hard. There's not sixty, but I probably do have about twenty liters in my vest. A five gallon bag. You don't need all those liters. Fair enough. Do you carry those when you're not guiding? Are they always there? 
I carry more when I'm guiding, and once I'm into guide season, yeah, I have about ten more on me. But I, have, I always ten have more. Experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's my thing, man. I'm a leader guy, so I need them. But everybody else doesn't, and you I would never cast. recommend. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's try no. this other leader now. No, no. But <laughs> even in my off season, I'm always. Eh, even I mean, this weekend I changed leaders about three times. So I, I'm kind of messing around with a different formula. I'm always tweaking stuff. It's it's part of what drives me. I like being mm. out there. And leader is. Uh, yeah, leader is a cool thing to change because it makes such a big difference. Anyway, you don't need them. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I like to know why it works and why what works better for me. And yeah, and then when somebody has a formula, that I'm like, man, I don't like that. I'll keep using it just to make sure why I don't like <laughs> you it. You don't like it. <laughs> I mean, you guys are saying you do that. Yeah, yeah. I feel that way about gear, though. I think I'm the most uh, most offender on the gear on the gas syndrome. I agree. Like, what you don't need is that next pack. Yeah. I might only carry, <laughs> like, one small pack, but I'll carry it for a couple of months, and then, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Here's something. This is kind of an intangible. All right, buddy. I don't think you need patience to be a fly fisherman. I tell people mm. all the time that I fly fish, and they're like, oh, I don't have the patience for that. Oh, it's, right on. it's too tedious. I, I can't do that. I, I'm not patient enough. But mm-hmm. I feel like the way that we fish and the style that we fish I don't feel like it requires more patience. I think it'd require a lot more patience to go out and throw a bobber and just sit there where we're kind of actively working the water. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just like a misconception from people that don't fly fish. Um, I think people assume that it takes like patience to get good at something. And I would say that like Mm -hmm. the technique of casting and the technique of handling line and all that does require more, maybe the the learning curve is steeper with fly fishing than other things. Yeah, but but if you're if you're actively in like if you're if you're enjoying the process of learning, then it's not it's not patience that it takes. Right? No, no. Just Trevor, you and I have talked about this. That's right. Persistence. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article about that. Patience versus persistence. I forget who who said that to me first. And that's what it is. We need Mm -hmm. persistence. That's the same thing you're saying, Josh. But it's never boring. Patience to me means like I got to stick with this, and it seems like it could kind of get boring. Like watching a bobber out there, right? Right. Right. On a bluegill pond or something, you know that that's kind of yeah. you, know, you got to have patience right? till they finally yeah. eat it. We're not hoping something will happen. We're yeah, trying to it make feels something. more like luck. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need luck either. How about that? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah there you go. Right on. Yeah. It definitely dovetails into it. You don't. You can make yeah. something happen. And yeah, there's always some luck involved in everything in life. Austin, you had some bad luck today. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then lucky to still to. be alive in a way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the way things go. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you had good luck. That you're still exactly <laughs> trying That's to find the positives. The bright That's right. side, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of forms of fishing that are way more repetitive in nature than fly fishing is, yeah. and so I think fly fishing is is one of the methods of fishing that requires the least amount of patience because there's so much variation in what we're doing out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That variety yeah. is uh, what attracts all of us for sure. You know what I just got for the first time this year that I've never really had before? And, what, and raincoat. A raincoat, a wading yeah. jacket. Yeah. Uh, Don't really I need have, it though, huh? I've really never had one. I mean, I've been fishing, I've been fly fishing for, gosh, I, I don't know, 15 years, yep. you know? And I've never had a wading jacket until this year. You're going to be so and much I'd, better now. Well, I don't, yeah, well, <laughs> sure, we'll find out. <laughs> but the point is, since I got it, I'm like, this doesn't really make a huge difference. It's great to have around, but yeah, it's one of those things that can be marked up super high because it's got a higher cut, you know, mm-hmm. and so you can charge $300 for it instead of 100 bucks, which is what those things should cost. You can and wear the, it around town. Everybody's going to know, oh, that guy fly fishing. He's a fly fisherman. He's elite. <laughs> they do have some real, there's some really cool designs even in the hood. The hoods, a lot of times, you can leave the hood down. Then when you pull it up, the water doesn't get on the back of your neck. Oh, oh that's yeah. A good, that's a good feature. There's a you lot know. of technological True. advances yeah. that it's made. And things. it's it's super convenient. Mm-hmm. The cuffs keep but, water out. But you don't need it. Agreed. Yeah. I used an old uh, Gander Mountain. You guys remember that green one? I used that for, gosh, yeah. 10 years probably. It wasn't a wading jacket. It was some old raincoat. Works. You don't need a high-end rod. Right. I mean, I think we've all fished with a lot of a variety of different rods, and I don't think yeah. any of us started out with what would be considered like top-of-the-line fly rods or nymphing rods. And, you know, I think maybe that was part of 
what taught us a lot about how to use a rod. But I also just think that while it's nice to have the types of rods that we all fish with now, I don't think you need it. Yeah. Going right off of that, then you don't need an expensive reel either to go with it. Oh, I think that's goodness. the least yeah. important thing. Potentially yeah, the, we, yeah, the right? least, uh, right. The least thing of value in the rig may be the, uh, sure. the line holder of the reel. Yeah. Everybody talks about like the, having a sealed drag system. Yeah. But everybody's using a sealed drag system now. You can buy a really cheap right. reel and it's going to have a sealed drag system. And for that yeah. matter, you don't need a drag system. I mean, didn't, right you know, a couple of you guys are old enough that you probably had click and paws first, right? Mm-hmm. Click and paw. Yeah. I still use yeah. uh, like yeah. my like $30 Akuma Sierra has been one of the best reels I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those. Simple. I've got some steelhead on it. Yeah. I love that stuff. And you palm it. Right. The biggest trout I ever landed, I, I had that reel. I've told you the story about that. And then it, when I landed that fish and I palmed it. And that's when I really learned, wow, I, I really do need, this is a really big fish. And uh, I needed, I learned to palm it right then and put some drag on it. I think that's neat. Mm-hmm. I'd go back to it full time. I would like to go back to it full time. The click and balls that I've had recently have been almost, well, they have been a little too light to balance out a 10 foot four weight. Another thing on reels that you don't need is a full cage. I like them. I yeah, use them. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm using full cage reels now. I like them it's with the tight line tactics, the mono rig so it doesn't slip through. But you don't need it. it used for yeah. so many years, and that's where I, I call it a pinky cradle. You just take your pinky and always, just always guide the line back on to the spool, straight on. Even while fighting a fish, I would always do I just learned to do it, or else I had problems, you know? I had a lamps and conic, and it slipped through there probably 30 times before I figured out, man, I got to I gotta guide this thing back on. And it just became mm-hmm. a new habit. But, man, I'm, everybody thinks now, oh, going to need this, this Euro nymphing reel. No, you don't need it. But they're nice. With a 10-foot right. rod, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you have know. to have you the package. You don't have to right? have the 10-foot 11-foot. Come on, Matt. Yeah. You have to have an 11-footer. Come on. <laughs> I don't own yeah. a single full cage reel. I never have. And it's never. They're nice. It's they're never nice. bugged me. Yeah, but that, right. that's, that's the thing. I'm sure it's nice. But it's never bugged me because my pinky's always there holding it. Yeah. And right? it just so always has been. Yeah. Matt, you're saying like uh, whatever to do. You're saying rod length. Like you, you don't mm-hmm. need to have. You don't have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, it goes back into like, you don't have the luxury, you know, don't feel like you're um, missing the game. All these things we're talking about, maybe giving, give folks uh, a confidence edge and, and let's be honest, a a performance edge at at some point, but it's not necessary, right? It shouldn't hold you back from engaging in certain aspects of the sport. Right. I've been saddened a few times when even people I'd be coaching with in, in Little League or whatever, that's when it would happen most because people know what I do and it's I'd get into fly fishing, but it's so expensive. Mm. And that makes me, I'd go, oh, no, it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. It doesn't have to. It really doesn't have to be any more expensive than, than almost any other fishing. You really can. Hell, you don't need a fly box. I mean, you can make your own whatever. Put it in an old Plano plastic box or, or sure. make your own out of... You know, guys used to Alto, do what? Al- Altoid, right? With some, yeah, put, put a couple magnets in it. And you're Foams and magnets. Yeah. I used to just steal my sister's like bead collection. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Dump those out and throw my, my flies <laughs> in there. There you go. People just like having this stuff though now. And that's good. Yeah, that's fine too. Maybe they feel like if they don't have it or that's their barrier to entry, they don't know that they can do it without the right accessories. Agreed. I think that's the value of kind of us talking through this. Yeah, you don't need all that stuff. And sometimes it kind of get in the way. All right, On top of the fly boxes, I've got one of the yeah. like I've got one of the newest fly boxes out there right now. Like currently, just because I'm trying it out. And it's one of my one of the least favorite fly boxes. I'm not gonna call out any brands. Yeah. But it's one of the least favorite fly boxes I've ever had. It feels like it does a poorer job at every aspect hmm. of it, except for keeping water out, maybe. And that hmm. leads us to another thing. Like it your fly boxes don't have to be waterproof. No. They really don't have to be. It's helpful in some sometimes it's helpful i've been through the big fancy fly boxes i'm back to like amazon special like little phone box that's like 10 or 15 bucks because it's mm-hmm. all it's light and it's cheap and i just you know if i need a couple extra flies i throw it in my pack and it's the the big waterproof box is great but man is it heavy like if you it would is. probably weigh the differences it would probably yeah. be like double the weight you're carrying around definitely adds weight to make it waterproof Going off the flies, you don't need a lot of flies. Yeah. Uh, you need a handful of patterns you feel good about. 
Uh, some people are really stuck on the idea that every slit in their phone box has to be full. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they may yeah. have three pages of, of a box full of flies. I've never been that way. I don't no. think I will ever be that way um, because you don't need them. You just need enough to go fishing. I have two flies in every parking spot, a double. That's up. right. I'm we, so jam packed. <laughs> every parking spot <laughs> he called them parking spots i'll also say i feel, I feel triggered <laughs> yeah you don't well, need it it's funny yeah. you have the most flies probably than anyone but you might carry oh, yeah. the least amount you just like the variety well yeah. you're saying that bill will have bill has more in his trunk and yeah, then right i'm, I'm sure at your home no, i would right i would assume than anybody yeah. that i know more gear and more flies more stuff than anybody i know and I think that's fair. But then, it's yeah, you, you fish with a very uh, modest, I'd say, amount of stuff on you at any one time. Yeah. So I guess that might be a good thing is you don't have to carry everything with you on the river. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like nice. you can, if you have it in your car, not everyone's mm. hiking six miles into a canyon. Most people are, my, you know, I'm most times not more than 15 or 20 minutes walk from my car. If there's something I need, I walk back and get it. Mm-hmm. for sure and you can make pretty good guesses about what you are going to need you're going to have you're probably not walking back to yeah. the car too many times I also don't think you this may be controversial but I don't think you need Maxima and Amnesia and all that stuff if you want to mm-hmm. start your nymphing and you want to just try it out I think you can roll to Walmart and you can buy some Stren a couple different strengths and you could oh, piece Zepco together baby. right <laughs> that's I what think, I'm I mean my, <laughs> my first green. Uh, my first year on nymphing that was with with a leader made entirely of two different strengths of Stren, and it wasn't mm-hmm. pretty, but it worked. And and I started to learn some of the principles of Euronymphing, of mono rig fishing, with that tied to the end of my fly line. And you know, I quickly realized there were better ways to do it, and certainly got it. In, like I think we all geek out a little bit over leader formulas, but mm-hmm. you definitely don't need to order a hundred dollars worth of leader material. Right, just to try this out, you know, to try mono rig fishing, yeah. you can order just a, you know, just go to the trout pit and shop and get a leader if they're in stock. Yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah. be back right after Black Friday. They'll be back. A good segue there too would be fly shop tippet. I think mm. a lot of us respool our own tippets um, off mm-hmm. of larger spools. Uh, I think a lot of us use Cigar Invisex, right? Invisex. Matt got me on um, that. I used to use uh, used to be finesse finesse Cigar that. finesse That's sweet stuff. The Braze X yeah. before that. Yeah, and yeah. that I still I mean, it's phenomenal. Braces. But another barrier that you can get by in terms of cost. Oh, more than get by. I actually know. choose it now. I mean, oh, I can yeah. get. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you don't have to spend fifteen dollars on twenty meters of, you know, whatever. Yeah, for everything bigger need... than six x, I I choose that. Um, mm-hmm. for six x and under, I'm a Norvis Mirage guy for the small stuff. And you don't need to carry eight sizes. I don't know, mm. four and six pound test or four and eight pound test and That's go. True. Right on. You carry nylon and fluoro, Deli? No, I only carry fluoro now because mm-hmm. I've just gotten to the point where, uh, I, don't know, I, I don't think it matters. If I really, really want to get super picky, sometimes I'll carry it where I, when mm. it starts to get something when I'm going to dry fly fish, and maybe yeah. either some picky fish, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, similar. Yeah. It's just the weight. It comes back to the weight. Like I just, I don't know. I feel carrying. like if I sat down and weighed everything and then just said, mm-hmm. okay, take this out, take this out. Yeah. I only carry a single spool of, of nylon and it just, it's kind of, it's a little bit buried. It's not like, I mean, I know where it is, but it's not a super accessible thing. It's in that like front left pocket and I only carry one and it's in 5X and I don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I couldn't do that. It's all right. Even in the wintertime, yeah, I don't I don't take that 5X, 6X, 4X, and I have 3X nylon. I have all, I, I, I just keep them in there. I like, but I'm a leader guy. So <laughs> yeah. again, we're not saying that nobody should carry more than, you know, no, just sure. 5X. You don't have whatever. to. You don't have yeah. to. That's right. But I'd feel uh, unprepared for the way I like to do things. And Bill certainly doesn't. Neither does Josh. Yeah. I actually, I cleaned up my vest and I took all the, I'm down to four, three, and 1X, that's the only thing I'm going to carry now for the winter. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> I like how you have that all decided. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's this time of season. I, I need that kind of time to make, fishing this anymore. You know, to make those decisions. I'm proud of you for carrying 4X, Bill. 
Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? Zingers for everything. Like every, you know, a retractor for everything, every tool on your uh, pack or whatever. I see that a lot with people. And if that's your thing, cool. <sighs> I'm saying you don't need Sing a zinger for everything. That mono loves those. Like the yeah, mono know, exactly. is just like addicted to the to the zingers and wrapping around it. Yep. Fly line too. Everything gets, you know, mm. yeah. If you have too much stuff hanging off you, at some point you'll pay for it. Someday you'll have a big old fish on and it's going to get tangled in your zinger. Mm-hmm. And then from that day forward, you probably won't have as many zingers. Snap. How about the nippers that you put on zingers? 100 bucks. You can spend legitimately 250 bucks oh on out. a pair of nippers now. Oh, yeah. Diamond tipped. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a fashion statement to wear the neon green nippers. That's got to be neck. the biggest ripoff in the, in the industry. It is yeah. such a it's the most ridiculous yeah. thing. You could buy a rod, like a good rod. For that price, <laughs> for like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying you can go <laughs> to freaking the, the dollar store and get your toenail clippers, dude. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you could spray That's paint it. them green for another 99 cents if you go to the dollar yeah. store and get some spray paint. They might get rusty quicker. That's it. Rustoleum. I don't know. That's a bizarre. I've never, never been able to fathom that whole thing. Like it just, I don't know. Like what makes it so special? Like. I was given one of the hatch ones. They're pretty damn expensive, right? They're, yeah, mm-hmm. they were. He- I don't use it. It's it's somewhere. It's probably too heavy desk. to use. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's 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 too heavy. I've always had my cheap kind of nippers on uh, one of those coiled like telephone cable retractor things, springies. <laughs> those little springies. telephone. The one I quit. Telephone wire. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> not a springy. Um, when I put those expensive hatch nippers on there, they were so heavy when I would let it go. Like I always had before it would come up and actually hit my glasses a couple of times. It's like, Whoa, I what? couldn't stop my, yeah. Like just so heavy. So much. That's why you lost your tooth. Come on. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> <Smack>. <laughs> Cost me a lot more. Scratching up the G3 readers. That's right. Oh gosh. What about useless tools? Like the, uh, Quick release. Remember the quick release tool? Mm. I don't even know if they still uh, make it. Yeah. Where you slide that oh, thing the down the yeah. line. Oh, to catch and a release. Yeah. You don't even have to touch the fish. I mean, you, you don't need that. I mean, you don't it's need crazy. It. I mean, no. it's like you throw that <laughs> the, on the ninth, the ninth zinger on your. That's right. On your <laughs> vest. Right. I don't know. I could never get mm-hmm. that thing to work. Does it I work? Didn't, yeah, I mean, I had, I had one for a while. I had one when I, I was it. when I was like yeah. thirteen. I had one. Really? And it did work. Yeah, I worked fine. I, like, I feel like I don't know with barbless hooks and I the yeah. hemostats are really really fine point. I don't know. I never have a fish out of the water. For but that's very definitely long. not necessary. Completely unnecessary. Certainly not. Yeah. Do you guys Tools. carry? Does everybody carry hemostats? I I, I rarely yeah. carry them. Get yeah, out! I I really? Yeah. Oh man, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I couldn't survive without those. He's knuckle dragging. Bill just cuts the line. He's knuckle dragging. I just hit him off the tree until the fly comes out. <laughs> <laughs> That's another strategy. <laughs> Give me that. That's why you fish. Give me that pheasant tail back. <laughs> Bill put that on his dating profile. I don't fish with hemostats. <laughs> I can't. I use them so often throughout the day. I can't. I, dude, you know me. I have two pair of hemostats, mm-hmm. and that's a fair thing to make fun of. Yeah, it is. That, I have that is a fair thing. That blows my mind that you, used, that you always have if two If I could clips. find one pair that had the grippies and the, the strength that I like together, that'd be, that'd be great. But I, can't, I haven't found that pair. One that mm-hmm. you can cook the chicken with. That's right. I use them for all <laughs> kinds of stuff. If, when yeah. something breaks around a house and I got to be like Mr. Fix-It, I swear to God, that's the <laughs> oh first thing gosh. I... I, I find myself going, I need my hemostats. Right? It's just such a <laughs> go-to so tool for me. Yeah. They're you so know what useful. I mean? Yeah. Bill, yeah. Dom's at the bar. Here's I'll get your I'll get your bottle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I can do that. <laughs> we were just That's we fantastic. We ju- I can't remember what I was doing, but we just replaced our dishwasher in our kitchen because ours was super old. And yep. I was legitimately laying on the ground. I was like, Kels, go grab my hemostats. They're right. up there. Just clipped to my vest. They're in the office. Yeah. Get the hemostat. <laughs> Stat. Stat. It's scalpel. <laughs> Another tool that's used. Those knot tying tools. You don't need. Uh, no, you yeah. don't need a knot. Nail, nail knot. Tool. The nail knot ones. Those. Ones? I don't even need that anymore. You need do you knot. even need a nail knot? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't uh, anymore. With, uh, I don't use yeah. a nail knot for anything. Right. Hardly there was a time a when I had a pair anymore. of nippers that had the little built-in swivel. You guys all know it. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, nipper, yeah. a pair of nippers that have the Dr. built-in Slick. swivel nail knot thing. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times. Like it took me too long to learn this 
like attracts all of your line into it as you fish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's worse Grabs than everything. That tool. It's worse than what we were talking about when we were talking about having a bunch of zingers. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just having that little upward lip, it catches on everything. And I never used it. Never. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I think not once did I use it. <laughs> <laughs> but you had it. But I had it there. You know, another one that annoys me is the uh, beer koozie on the waiting belt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bill's oh, yeah. favorite. <laughs> if you need a beer koozie, you're not drinking fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mine holds my water bottle too. Oh, come on, Dell. You got a beer koozie? <laughs> I can't fish well, with it, you. It's a it's a, it's a water bottle holder, but it, it'll hold a pounder real nice. Some of these guys have like their <laughs> neck lanyard beer like beer oh, koozie no. with their beer mm-hmm. on Another their fashion chest. statement. Mm-hmm. I just I can't get into that. It's like that says man, I'm into drinking I'm not row catching. the boat and have the holster. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not into the holsters. A, a holster. Yeah. There you go. Waiting holster. <laughs> yeah. New trail. Put their logo on it on <laughs> yeah. Bill's next beer koozie. Water, it's just a water bottle. He'd look good out there. Yeah. I've told you guys before. You know, when I drink a beer, I'm done fishing. I, my oh, heart's yeah. out of it. I'm like, ah, yep. I, that was fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch somebody else fish. Sure, I'm, I'll just half-ass it for the rest. Mm. The only time it gets a little different is when you're in a boat. In a boat. Yep. That yep. when I'm wade fishing, I'm with you, Dom. I don't mess. I don't mess with that while I'm fishing. Like oh, it never. We never used cr- to. We well, used to. Well, if you find one in the woods, it's different. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like we that. talked about last week. Yeah, I mean, you got. Right. You, you, you ha- That's different. That's like somebody. Somebody's telling you to drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Austin said he wouldn't drink it, but he was by himself. I know where you fish. I'm going to start just leaving beer. Planting <laughs> warm beers. Trail cam. See if he actually drinks it. Follows through, <laughs> or if he's unethical. Depend what you leave there. I might bring it home, put it in the fridge. trail it behind me in the river whether it's after a fishing trip or at a backyard fire you can bet the trout bitten crew has a case of new trail broken heels along with us it's honestly our favorite beer this hazy IPA is smooth and full bodied hand selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit broken heels is a keeper New Trail Beer is proudly brewed in Williamsport, Pennsylvania and delivered cold to your favorite craft beer retailer every week. At New Trail, it's not about being the best angler. It's about getting out there. So enjoy nature's moments and reward yourself for a day well fished with New Trail Broken Heels. It's Trout Bitten's favorite beer. Precision Fly and Tackle is a family-owned business with a passion for the outdoors and a sense of adventure. They are anglers who enjoy every moment spent on the water with family and friends. Precision Fly and Tackle carries the widest selection of Euro rods, reels, lines, leaders, flies, and accessories. From the beginner to the advanced angler, Precision Fly and Tackle can outfit every angler, no matter the budget. Visit them online at precisionflyandtackle.com. Then use code TROUTBITTEN10, that's the number 10, for 10% off your order. Gear up with Precision Fly and Tackle for your next adventure. I was going to say you don't need Instagram to be a fisherman. Um, nice. You don't, yeah, you don't need social come up media. With some good ones tonight. Right? You don't, yeah. need to, you don't need everyone else to comment on your fish. I do. Yeah. <laughs> you need a <laughs> story. I would Everybody's say in it for different reasons, it's nice to have a Trevor, close group of friends you can mind. share with, right? But <laughs> yeah. and so and I do think that enriches the experience. But mm-hmm. I just think things start to get lost as you start to depersonalize that further and further into like it, you know, we've all seen it, right? Yeah. People get lost in that world. And I just think it's it's a slippery slope. That's great. Mm-hmm. Like so many other things here, there may, I mean there could be great benefits to that. For but sure. But you certainly don't need it. No. And you don't you don't mm-hmm. have to feel no. like you're missing out on anything. Yeah, on anything just because you don't have it or you right. choose to uh, delete it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Josh on the internet. What's that? True. <laughs> oh yeah, good stuff, right? Oh, I bet your moms were yeah. so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you said something about friends, a group of friends, and I was going to say like you don't need a, a great fishing buddy. You don't need that either. We all, I would, uh, hmm. we all want that. I'm glad yeah. I have that. But I've had many people say, yeah, I don't go fishing. On, you know, I never go fishing by myself. I really like to have somebody to go fishing. You can like to, but you're going to miss out a lot if you're always waiting for somebody. I wanted you guys to fish with me today, right? Yeah. Nobody could go. <laughs> Whatever. I went by myself. 
Yeah. I even asked my dad, and he couldn't go. Well, so my boys were in school, so I went by myself, and I, you know, I like going by myself. Tracking your extroversion is like tracking the the heat cycle of a white-tailed <laughs> doe. <laughs> it's like, so oh, funny. it's once a year, and it's Every a week, so a week-long window. You you want to fit with others? Us. <laughs> so often. He's coming into heat, guys. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can fish next Monday. Fish next Monday, if you want. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be cold by then. Yep. Yeah, I probably won't want to be around people by then. That's right. <laughs> That's That's exactly. Especially me. Yeah. Sometimes morning to afternoon, or the time it takes to respond to the text, and it's like, ah, that's all right. I'm just going by myself. <laughs> How about right, how about right now? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like we're kind of on this in, in intangible kick. I've got a bunch of buddies who who know that I fly fish, and they always want to tell me stories about their fishing trips out, uh, you know, on the Madison, on the Gallatin, you know, on these on these rivers that people dream of fishing, and but none of them ever they live here and they don't fish mm. around here and they won't oh, that's too bad you know like they don't realize what they've got here and and even if they didn't have what they've got do you here, not know yeah exactly but even if they didn't have what they've got here everywhere has everywhere has fish yeah you know do you think that so you just, you just back, don't need yeah go ahead yeah no do you think that stems from like the you don't need big fish you know idea because I don't think, you, you know, you don't need to always catch big fish. And I, is that the thing that they're looking for out west? Is it the scenery? Is it just the experience? Or is it just that, you know, our average fish might be an inch smaller or whatever? What do you think? I think it comes down to being an excuse sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm really into fly fishing. What they're really <laughs> into. Well, the people we're talking about, are, what they're really into. I'm really into getting maybe away. Maybe it's the travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting away mm-hmm. and hanging out with buddies and and. You know, having a, a a great evening afterward, and you know, sure. drinking, and, and that's all some, great stuff. It is it's just it's just not what fishing's about. Yeah, right. Yeah, good and one. we're always yeah. kind of focused on the fishing, and that's what yeah. keeps us in a game for a lifetime. And uh, we center everything else around that. I've said before, my dad, for example, really loves camping, likes fishing, and like I'm the opposite. I'll go camping so just so that I can go fishing. Anyway, just different goals. And at the same time, my dad and I get together and we both do those, you know, we get to do those things, spend those times together. But we kind of acknowledged that a long time ago. He likes it for those reasons and I like it for mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all that is. Those glamorous destinations, um, motivation and, you know, you think you're going to have better stories. Well, not better, but they'll have different stories to tell and they'll have the excitement of all the scenery being different. Yeah. They want the experience. The experience. Yep. Not the yeah. fishing necessarily as the main thing. To that point, well, nobody's on the rivers out here after five o'clock. That's funny. And that basically solidifies what your theories are. Everybody's off the rivers. It's just part of the experience. Yeah. Well, and, and everybody's off the river at five and pull your boat out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You pull your boat out. It's different. It's different. But to your point, Dom, that's like part of it, right? It's mm-hmm. it's breakfast at the bakery and then they get on the river mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, the scenery is awesome. It's different. Let's just say that. It's yeah. it's different from what they're used to seeing. They're doing something different, but then and and then they go out to eat. It's it's uh that's just different, right? It it's is. Fi- I'm always shocked at how the lack of people out on the rivers out here, like late <laughs> late and early. Well, Jonas Price, for example, you know, owns the Feathered Hook, and uh, the bed and bre- it's a bed and breakfast and a fly shop kind of combined. And he cooks breakfast. I think he doesn't serve breakfast till about eight o'clock, maybe even nine o'clock. And he always cooks b- breakfast for everybody that's there. But I, I mean, my people, we always start at seven thirty or eight o'clock. And he's he's giving me a hard time too because a lot of people that are coming for trout pitting trips, they'll stay with Jonas. And uh, he's like, "Why do you always have him start so early?" I'm like, "Because we're fishing." <laughs> It's not really yeah. about your breakfast <laughs> right. as much right. as the fish. You can get breakfast some other exactly. time. Exactly. My people are here to fish. That's the right. last guy I had stayed there, and he brought his own eggs so he could cook them in the kitchen in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've heard the stories. Yeah. yeah so Lots of guys stay over there. They have a great time. But yeah, most of the other people that are staying over there uh, at the Feathered Hook are, let's say, very happy to eat the breakfast. and, and Sure. Have, I think a lot know, of people enjoy it. Yep. Exactly. Have that friendship yeah. and meet those people. <clears throat> You know, meet everybody else there and talk about what they're going to do. And that's cool, too. It really yeah. is. For sure. Uh, you don't need a secret spot to to go to to catch fish. Right on. That's another thing we don't need. 
Yeah. The secret fly, the secret spot, the secret. The perfect spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Just go fish. Yeah. I always tell people, you don't need a guide in this area, any class A Mm. wild trout stream. You don't need a guide to tell you where to fish. Every piece of water that looks really good is really good Mm -hmm. because every place holds a bunch of fish and go fish it well. Yeah. You don't need a boat. You don't need a boat. You don't Mm. need a boat. Certainly don't need a boat. I think it's another uh, accessory. It's like, all right, I've been in it for a while. I should have a boat by now. I yeah. get her, better get a hitch in a trailer so now I can float. You don't need it. You don't need it. It's. I love fishing with buddies in a boat. We've all floated together, every one of us. That's the coolest thing about a boat. But I, will, I think I'll always prefer to wade as far as the fishing goes. Yeah. But Matt, you're living it up uh, dry fly season on uh, Yellowstone, right? Yeah, I would... I would say out here, if you want to, you don't need it, but more so than back home, yeah. you need it here to prolong your season. Mm. And runoff's just such a real thing, but you can really enjoy that time of year if you have a boat. And if you don't have a boat, it becomes really hard. Now you can wait, you can just fish the banks for sure, but the uh, more efficient way to do it is to have a jerk boat. Right on. There's no question. Yeah. Awesome. You're going to buy a boat now? <laughs> Not you yet. Change your mind. You could get it with the insurance money. You could That's get what a I was going to say. What are you doing to me now? <laughs> My insurance adjuster is listening. <laughs> That's, <Yeah. right. laughs> That's good. That looks like it's worth a uh, Hooligan XL with a trailer. <laughs> no, all you need is a friend with a boat. That's all that matters. That's good. That's a good call. They can take care of it, all the maintenance. They'll even pick you up in it. They'll shuttle you. Yeah, you just need a friend. Then it's just like cherry picking. You don't have to go through all the work that it takes to have a boat. You just get to, on the good days, hey, what you doing? Let's go fish. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody who has a boat needs a boat partner. That's That's right. right. Somebody's got to row. That's right. Oh, but you don't want that guy that uh, Mm, has never rowed before. That's true. You might as well just go wait fish at that point. (laughs) Anything else, guys? What did we miss? One thing we didn't touch on maybe was just like weather and water conditions. You know, we're, it's easy to predict around here what days there's going to be a lot of guys on the water and what days there aren't. And ironically, mm-hmm. a lot of times some of the best fishing days when it's 45 or 50 and drizzling, there's nobody on the water. So you don't need mm-hmm. a sunny 70 degree day. You don't need, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't need comfortable weather conditions. You don't need perfect weather conditions. And on the flip side, you don't need drizzly weather, you know, yeah. you can, you can make it work. And I think that's one of the beauties of the style that we all fish is that you can really take it to the trout on their terms. So yeah, don't wait, just fish. Yeah. Don't wait for yeah. anything. Don't wait for your buddy. Don't wait to hear about the perfect spot. Don't wait to get the perfect weather. Yeah. What yeah. you think is get the out there and weather. have a slow day. That's right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Learn. We're nice. always learning something. Well, that sucked. That's that's, right. <laughs> that's what I learned today. <laughs> I'd say too, kind of an overarching theme from tonight is you don't need the best of the best of of everything out there. So yeah, you might like a pack. You probably want waders and boots, but you don't need the very best. Um, get just enough that <laughs> you can get started because all of us started the same way. It's like what's the least amount of stuff I can get by with. And over time, you start to collect and you start to upgrade things as you get more involved in the sport. So don't let gear hold you back from experiencing time on the water. <laughs> you said you probably want like waders and boots. I was thinking about the last time uh, Austin, Dom, and I fished <laughs> yeah. at night together. Like they were already out for a while. I had to get the kids to bed. And Kelsey had to get home from work. Oh. So I'm like, I'm going to be out <laughs> late. And I joined up with them pretty late. It was like maybe... I don't know, nine o'clock, <laughs> you know, that night that I came out and joined you guys yeah. and I w- waited up the river. I'm like, Hey guys, I forgot my boots. It was almost I'm, midnight, Josh. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. It was later so I was wearing my, I was wearing my waders, but I had my, my waiter booties stuck in my, uh, my beach life Sanooks. Sanooks. Yeah. With yeah. no yeah. laces. Just <laughs> no laces, nothing, no grip, nothing, just flat sold. Yeah. It's, it's, well. it's all, it's all I had. It's fine. It was fine. It worked. Worked well enough. I said I figured they'd just slip off. I was surprised. They, yeah, you don't need you don't need you don't need boots. <laughs> you don't need, you don't need traction. Gr- grip studs. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot stomach pump. What about a stomach pump? Do we need that? No, gosh, no. 
No. The turkey baster? Do you guys use it? You guys no. ever Grobe's use it? Grobe's the only one I've ever seen use it. I've used it. You know what I, you're eating. That's right. Groby still use it? I do occasionally. Do you? More uh, educationally. What's the largest thing um, you ever get out of in, in that little turkey baster? Right? Nothing super <laughs> large, but lately I'm I'm always, um, I would say like just as uh, if I'm on a new stream or if things are slow, I'm always curious to see what the, the fish are eating. And then it has... It has changed my day numerous times, um, but I, I'm shocked at the amount of algae fish consume. Mm, and I've yeah. been trying to research stuff on how much, like, right? It's like a plant based diet for for a fish, and how much <laughs> how much that happens. And uh, I can't find anything on it. If anybody out there knows, like, it has to be scuddy consumption. Eaters, right? Like they're going to ask Weimer about that. Paul Weimer about that. I need to ask Paul about it. But <laughs> like know. on algae rich streams, yeah. it's amazing how much algae I pump out of fish's stomach. No kidding. I'm just going to start tying algae flies and see if you can catch well, fish. Well, I on thought it. Make it, you could do, you know, you could. You could do like a green sucker spawn and fray it. <laughs> I know. I've already thought about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, or do like, <laughs> what are you fishing? Yeah. Algae. No. <laughs> <laughs> Caught him on the algae hotspot today. <laughs> As a trout is looking upstream and and waiting yeah. for things to come down to it, and it's and it's kind of moving just like ever so slightly to intercept things. I've often wondered, like how much of that is algae, and they just don't really care what's there. They're like that kind of mm-hmm. looks like food. I'm going to move over and take that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, back in way like eighth grade, I did like my science. You all, you probably all did like science fair, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my science fair project was like on what smallmouth or largemouth ate. And mm-hmm. so that's what we did. I just like pumped a bunch of largemouth stomachs and okay. a ton mm-hmm. of what we found. But what I found was algae, you know, the stuff that, mm. yeah. And so I, I've often wondered if they, they're not really, if they're targeting that at times or if they're like, well, there's not a whole mm. lot happening in the water at times. There's not a yeah. lot of hatches. So that's what I'm going to eat. Or if they just don't, they're not really that careful. And if they're just... Just like taking it in. The loose the, stuff that's coming down, mm, they're just taking right, right. it in. That's what I would guess. Yeah, I would guess a, they take it in when they're trying to go for prey. That would be my guess. You know, like yeah. they're going for a, mm-hmm. like the trout are going for scuds and they're just sucking up some algae with it, you know, or something. But are like they that, sure. that inaccurate? Yeah. I mean, they're well, you're saying they're say looking that, flies all the time. You're saying. Those, right. Yeah, but those fish eat, I mean, look at a, at a hatch, right? When they're keying in, when they're ignoring like, uh, slate drakes and just keying in on a size 18 blue quill mm-hmm. right to dom's point they're pretty darn efficient when it comes to that so it'd be odd to see if they are that sloppy sloppy yeah there was the, just eating all kinds of stuff but it's mm. fair who was the guy that did the trout videos like the underwater world of trout it's like oz something i can't remember the guy's name but he uh, basically set up cameras underneath the stream and uh basically recorded Whitlock, fish it? What's that? Wasn't Dave Whitlock? Was it? No, his it was Oz. It, his name had Oz something. I know who you're talking about, Bill. I, and I so I watched them, and he. I think his theory was that they would test things. Like he had a bunch of yeah. video of like fish like, eating sticks and stuff, but then they would spit it out. Hmm. I also think I've seen some of those videos, and they're testing also though on stocked trout. You have to be careful about that. Some of them were. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. So this is how I treat salad. I look at a salad and I'm like, I'll order the salad if I know that it's going to come with fried, like with with grilled chicken on the salad. Nice job, and I, I think that sometimes that's kind of the way they look. Like I think that there's a lot of crest bugs and stuff like that, scuds, all kinds of things that are living in that stuff. And they know if I eat that clump that's coming down, I know that I'm going to get protein <laughs> with it. And yeah. I think that at some at some points they just like I know that even though that's not what I want, that's not the insect that I want to see. I think that a lot of times those insects that they're getting are coming from that subsurface vegetation. And they're just assuming like, if I eat that, I know that there's living stuff in there that's got protein in it. You don't think there's like that sexy 20 inch brown that's been on a plant-based diet. It's just like super, (laughs) just trim, super efficient. And all of a sudden all the other trout are like, Oh, okay. I got it now. Algae. Hipster. Meat stuff throwing me down. (laughs) Even the trout are getting off meat. (laughs) (laughs) It's called the the underwater world of trout. Here we go. Hey, we're back. We're back. And we're back. I'll let everybody know what kind of uh, algae fly I come up with. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a green yeah. veil. 
we'll try. I'll, I'll test it out. I'm going to we'll, test it out. We'll brand that under. Eat anything out there, Matt. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I'm, I'm just catching <laughs> dumb <laughs> rainbows. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Who's reading us out? What do we have here? I am. Dr. Trevor Smith, will you please read us out? I will. Remember, the Trout Bitten Project is a free resource for all anglers. The Trout Bitten website hosts over 1,000 articles with endless stories, commentaries, tactics, tips, and more. Find what you like through the top menu and through the search page. Navigate by way of the categories and tags, too. Be sure to find the Trout Bitten YouTube channel, now featuring the Trout Bitten Tip Series, the Fish and Film Series, and the Trout Bitten Flybox, all in collaboration with Wilds Media. Thank you for listening to the Trout Bitten Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a comment, because that really helps. Until next time, friends, fish hard, enjoy the day, and find your life on the water. Ooh, he's a fly fisherman. Now you don't love on stock trout. Maybe that doesn't make sense. You don't need all those leaders. Fair enough. It's 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 what I like. I like playing with. I think I'm the most. <laughs> it's my thing, man. I'm a leader guy. You know what I just got for the first time this year? Come on. I'm proud of you for carrying 4X, Bill. Thanks. Just sing it. Someday you'll have a big old fish on. You could buy a rod, like a good rod. If you need a beer koozie, you're not drinking fast enough. I might bring it home and put it in the fridge. Oh, come on, Dell. You got a beer koozie? Awesome. You going to buy a boat now? Hey, what you doing? Let's go fish. Even the trout are getting off meat. Oh, okay. I got it now. I'm going to start eating algae. You know what they're eating. So this is how I treat salad. <laughs>